Ephesians chapter number two, if you found it, let's stand together and we're going to read the first 10 verses. For some of our visitors, I just tossed all dignity out the window to you, didn't I? Ephesians chapter 2, let's read the first 10 verses. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I love back in verse number four, where it says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. And I'm going to preach for just a few moments this morning on this subject matter on the difference Christ can make the difference Christ can make. Let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, we sure do love you today. I thank you so much, Lord, for the difference that Jesus Christ has made in my life and that he is able to make in the life of every individual that's under the sound of my voice this morning. And Lord, I do pray as we look into these scriptures, I pray, Lord, that the simplicity of what Christ desires to do in someone's life would be made plain and clear in each and every heart. Lord, for those of us that are saved, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us for the purpose that you've given to us for which we are here upon this earth. And Lord, that you would enlighten us to that and burden us even more for that. Be with Junior Church downstairs. I pray, Lord, that as Brother Peter, Lord, preaches to the young people, Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts, that if there's one down there that doesn't know that they're saved, that they're a child of God, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts this morning. Lord, thank you for this time we're able to have now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <coughs> as we read in Ephesians chapter number 2, if I had to look throughout the Scripture... If someone were to ask me not only what my favorite book is, even though I have several favorite books and favorite characters throughout the Bible, if they were to narrow it down and say, okay, give us a favorite chapter or maybe just choose 10 verses that you would be able to have up till this point, these would be the 10 verses that I believe that I would take and to be able to have for the entirety. If they said, we're taking your entire Bible away from you except for 10 verses. I believe that I would look at these 10 verses 
and I would take these 10 verses and say, this is what I want to have because in these 10 verses, I can then be able to be reminded and also show someone else the spiritual condition that they're in before Christ. But then I can show them what Christ has done for us, and we're going to look at a few things. But then I can show someone how to be eternally saved out of this passage of Scripture. But then I can also close it out in verse number 10 and be able to show the purpose for which we are here. So I believe I'd probably look at these 10 verses throughout the entire Bible and say, these are the 10. Now, I'm very thankful this morning that that's never been said to me. I am thankful that no one's ever come up and said, hey, we're taking your Bible away from you. Now, may I remind us of this, that there are places that that actually takes place around this world that it's illegal to be found with a copy of this. So I'm thankful that we still have the privilege and the freedom to be able to open up the Word of God. And so as I look at these, the difference that Christ can make, so probably some of my favorite 10 verses in the Word of God, I want to share a few things as we come down through this passage of Scripture. It can really be divided into four sections, as I just made mention of in these 10 verses, the past, the present, the future, and then also our current Christian life that we're able to live tangibly right now. We can divide it into those four sections, these 10 verses, but I want us to look at it, break it down a little bit different this morning as we look at it. First of all, in verses one through three, I want us to see this morning the hopelessness in our natural condition. The hopelessness in our natural condition. You say, what do you mean, pastor? You're supposed to be putting out a a message of hope to us this morning. We didn't come to church to be told we're hopeless. Well, we're hopeless in our natural condition. And when I say natural condition, look at what the Bible says. We'll read these verses again. First of all, in verse number one, we understand the Bible says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. Dead in trespasses and sins. Then verse number two, he says, we wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. May I remind us that that person that is being spoken of, that being, that prince of the power of the air that's being spoken of there is none other than the devil. Okay, And so we see this, verse number one, we're dead in trespasses and sins. Number two, in verse number two, we are walking or living according to the things of this world, according to the devil, according to and fulfilling the lust and the desires of our flesh. Boy, that doesn't sound too good up to this point, does it? As we are being described, and then in verse number three, the Bible says, among whom also we all had our conversation. That word conversation is the old English word we're dealing with our our lifestyle or the way that we live. Our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. But look at that last phrase. The Bible says, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, at the beginning of verse number three, he said, we all had our conversation. 
Now, you see, we tend to read verses like this in the Bible and say, well, I know that applies to some others, but I know that doesn't apply to me. And don't we love to go throughout the scriptures and just be able to cherry pick what we want to apply to us, but then right in the middle of it, he'll throw in that little three-letter word, all, among whom we all had our conversation. Now, hold on. I was feeling pretty good up till the beginning of that. Up until I realized, yes, I know some people, boy, they're just wicked sinners. How many know some wicked sinners? I mean, you just know they're just, they're just wicked. They just do bad all the time. I mean, they have no desire for God whatsoever. Now, listen, we read things like this, and then God says, yeah, we all had our conversation. And then by the end of it, he says that we all were by nature, okay, that all still extends down through, all by nature, we're the children of wrath, even as others. And we understand our hopelessness as we look in our natural condition. Do you understand, and this goes against all modern day philosophy of the world, that man in and of ourselves, mankind, is not genuinely good? We're not. We have a sin nature, And when we say sin nature, it's not something that we are taught to do. We say this over and over and over, given this example that every person that has ever raised children or ever worked with children, never once have I seen any children's curriculum on how to lie. When we get on and we're getting ready to order some Sunday school curriculum and things like this, I've never seen, okay, how to teach the kids to lie, how to teach the kids to steal, how to teach the kids to throw a temper tantrum. No, how do they know all of that? By nature. And can I go ahead and say this, and whether you agree with it or not, I know it's true in my case, they had a pretty good example. Because by nature, we are sinners. Every one of us. Now, we all come to the point with our kids saying, you're just a little sinner is what you are right there, okay? I mean, you can tell it on their face. You can tell it in their attitude. We just want to look at them and say, you're just a little sinner. Cutest little baby coming around. Listen, they're growing up to be a sinner. It's what they are by nature. You say, how do you know that? I raised two. And I was one myself, and I had four siblings, and the Lord knows they were worse sinners than what I was, okay? It's by nature, every one of us, yes, we are born this way. We are born separated from God with a sin nature, and the way that it's described here in Ephesians chapter number two, listen, we are hopeless in our natural condition. Now, let me say this. When I say that we are the children of wrath, even as others, this is opposed to the belief that Everyone is born a child of God, or as the world puts it, we're all children of God. According to the word of God, guess what? We're not all children of God. We're not. You say, oh, we're we're all God's children. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say we're all born children of God. In fact, the Bible right here says that we were the children of wrath, even as others. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says this, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe 
on his name. You see, it's not just everybody that's a child of God. It's not that everybody has just grown up and say, well, we're all God's children. Let's just get along. No, it's to them that receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to them. So we have two categories here, according to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter number two, and according to what John said in John chapter number one, that we either have the children of wrath or we have the children of God. It's one or the other. It's not that we're all the children of God. And so we're hopeless in our natural condition. Let me read this other verse to us in Galatians chapter number four. And verse number five, I'll read this to us. Here's what the Bible says in verse number four, first of all. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Do you know why we would have to be adopted into the family of God? Is because at some point we are not part of the family of God. I've talked to several families that have adopted their children. Do you understand at some point those children were not part of the family, but there came a conscious point and decision made that that child became part of the family. And it's the same way, the same terminology that is used here in the word of God, that there is a time in my life that I am not part of the family of God, but then I chose to believe the Lord and chose to receive him. And because of that, I was adopted into the family of God. Listen, According to the scriptures here in the first three verses, we are hopeless in our natural condition. But aren't you thankful? Listen, the Bible doesn't stop at the end of verse number three. When he goes through and says, you are by nature the children of wrath, even as others, that sounds doom and gloom right there at the end of verse number three. But verse number four picks up. And I love the first two words but God. You see, in the first three verses, we are hopeless in our natural condition, but in the next three verses, we are helped by the love of God. But God, now listen, the first three verses, we are separated from God. The first three verses, we are walking the direction we desire to go. We are fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. We're fulfilling everything that we want to do and then God butts in our life. Aren't you thankful when God butts in? Now listen, I'm saying when God butts in. I'm not asking you if you love it when someone else butts in your life. Usually they get about to the age of 14 to 17, somewhere right in there. How many have ever raised a teenager that knows it all? I'll put both my hands up because I got two of them. They know it all, and, and they're not saying, but God. But when we say, say something, they're saying, but Dad. But Dad, you know why? Because at 13, they automatically know it all. They automatically know it all. They have every answer, and they don't know difference till they're about 28. And then we start realizing, you know something? Dad and Mom might have known something. But until then, we're saying, I know it all. Listen, Dad, I've heard it for years. I know it all. Listen, that's how we are going through life, but God butts in. 
but God who is rich in mercy. Now I want you to see this, this verse that is used in verse number four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Do you understand that as we look at verse number four, it is a reflection over the back, the the previous three verses of describing who we are, but God says, listen, even while you're like this, the Bible says, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Now, here's what I don't see that religion tries to tell us today. Religion tries to tell us, yes, you are as bad and as wicked as the first three verses, and so you better get yourself cleaned up. And you better try to do better in order for God to be able to love you. I don't see that between verses 3 and 4 in the Bible. I see what we have in the first three verses that's describing me as wicked and undone and going the direction I want to go. But then I see God saying, hey, Peter, in the midst of that, well, I love you. For his great love, you say, man, what type of love and how great a love would it take to love someone like the first three verses? Boy, what kind of love that is. That's the love God has. Can I say that's a greater love than most of the time what we have? We sit back and we just look at them and we say, I can't love them. We just sit back and we listen to them and we say, I can't love them. God sits back and he looks at us. He smells us. He listens to us. He knows everything about us. And God is saying, with his great mercy, his great love, he loved us. Let me show you what the Bible says back a little bit. It's also the Apostle Paul writing in Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 6. Here's what he said. He said, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure or by chance for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand as we look at this? Listen, it's very rare the Bible saying for a righteous man or for a good man that someone else is going to die for him. But what about a sinner? What about someone who deserves it? Listen, for a righteous person, someone may take that as an honor and say, I'll take their place. But what about for a sinner who has everything that was described in Ephesians chapter number two? Listen, if someone wouldn't die for a righteous man or a godly man, but yet God commendeth or demonstrated or showeth, commendeth his love toward us while we're yet sinners. In the sinful condition each and every one of us are in, Christ died for us, showed us his love. Boy, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for what Christ has done, helped by a loving God. Listen, we see it here in verse number six, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that he has changed our spiritual position that we were walking according to the course of this world? We were doing everything following the devil and following the flesh, but God has changed my position. Do you realize this? He's made me sit together in heavenly places. In other words, it's as good as it's already done that I'm 
already with him in heaven. See, he's outside of time. He's looking at all of this. He knows what's taking place. And as far as he's concerned, listen, I'm already settled. I'm already got my place in heaven. And boy, I'm thankful for that. And I love this phrase. Can I just throw this in there too? There may be some people down here you don't want to sit together with. Bible says we're sitting together in heavenly places. You know, it's just going to be like the Lord. That one person that I don't want to sit next to when we get to heaven, he's probably going to have reserved seating. He's going to put me right beside him. I guarantee that's probably how it's going to happen. And we're just going to have to have perfect love up there because he's changed us but made us sit together in heavenly places. Listen, when we are hopeless in our natural condition, we are helped by the love of God that changes our lives. Listen, there's not too many of these people that you or I would actually go out of our way and try to love on them, but Jesus said, I love them that much. You see, it's coming to a point to realize, and you may be here today, and you may be saying, well, I'm not that bad. Listen, If you are without Christ this morning, then you are still in verses 1, 2, and 3. If you have not received Christ or trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are still by nature the children of wrath. But I'm thankful that God gives us the opportunity. Verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, listen, for by grace are ye saved through faith. In other words, listen, the mercy that is described in verse number four is saying, you see how wicked and undone you are, and he's not given us what we deserve for all of that. But he is by grace offering the free gift of salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Do you understand that little phrase that you cannot earn salvation on your own? You cannot do enough good works. You say, well, pastor, here I am in church this morning. Here I am sitting here. Listen, I'm all dressed up. I'm doing well. I'm sitting here in church. This is my religious duty. Listen, sitting in Granite State Baptist Church on a Sunday morning is not going to be enough to be able to get you to heaven. It's not of yourselves. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Listen, it is the gift of God, not of works. Do you understand there's two times in the Bible that the Apostle Paul gives to us in his letters that he specifically says, not by works? And he tells us why it's not by works. First of all, Jesus has already provided salvation. So why would you try to work for something that's already been paid for? But then second of all, he tells us right in verse number nine, lest any man should boast. You see, there's not going to be a whole lot of levels when we get to heaven. We're not going to be able to get up there to heaven and, uh, and Jim, you be able to say, well, well, pastor, I did more good works than you. So he's a little bit higher up. It's not of works. Listen, we're not going to get there and say, yeah, I got here in a, in a, I, I came first class. No not of works. You understand when we get to heaven, every one of us are going to have to say as we meet each other throughout eternity, hey, how'd you get here? Well, I got here because I believe Jesus. And do you know what they're going to say back? Well, that's how I got here. We all got here the same way. We're all getting to heaven, listen, according to the way that the Lord Jesus Christ has already established for us. After all, it's his heaven, so he can set the way to be able to get there. Well, I just don't think it ought to be that way. It's not your heaven. Now, it's your house. You can determine how people get in. 
But in God's house, he determines. And he has said that you have to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. We are helped by the love of God. Listen, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there is hope beyond the natural condition that you're in. And the Lord Jesus Christ is calling unto you today saying, listen, for by grace are you saved. But then can I close with this thought this morning? We get down to verse number 10, and let me remind us that there is a heavenly purpose to live for. There's so many people today, and I understand this, and I've talked with several, that they're to the point they're trying to find purpose in life. What is my purpose for being here? Well, the Bible tells us right here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And I say God is working in us for us to be able to do good works. Now understand this, this is a, verse number 10, is a result of salvation, not for salvation. You see, salvation's already been provided back in verses 8 and 9. And by the time we get to verse number 10, it is working because we are saved, not in order to get saved. You see, the heavenly purpose that God gives to us, it is ordained for a Christian to do so and not an option. God desires each and every one of us that name the name of Christ, saying, I am a child of God. Listen, we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That means we ought to be doing them in our lives. There ought to be something different about us. We ought to live like a Christian. You know why? Because we are a Christian. If God has saved our souls, we ought to be living like it and acting like it, and a difference ought to be made. The first three verses, we understand that, listen, we are lost and undone. We are hopeless in our natural condition. The next three verses, we understand that we are helped by the love of God, and God is extending his mercy and his grace to you. You say, well, I believe this over here. Listen, you are, that, that's the freedom. You have the liberty to believe whatever you desire to believe. But can I say this is God's book? It's God's heaven. He's going to set it how we get in there. Well, I, I just don't believe what that Bible says. Doesn't mean it's not true. Hey, listen, I can tell you all day long, I don't believe this is a white shirt. What color is this shirt, Bart? No, I, I really think it's green. Willie, you think this is a green shirt, isn't it? Hey, listen, I, just because I don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Okay? We get to the scriptures. He says it's only by grace through faith that we're saved. I want us to understand this. Give us a few more minutes. We were lost, hopeless, walking in the wrong direction till God butted into our lives. If we're saved today, now we're changed, seated in heavenly places, doing good works in the name of Christ. Let me ask you this morning, what difference has Christ made in your life? Are you still dead in sins? Are you working your way to get to heaven on your own? Or are you alive in Christ and working to glorify Christ? What difference has he made in your life? Are you still hopeless in your natural condition? Or have you been helped by the love of God? Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, that's what I need. I need Jesus in my life. I'm in the first three verses. I need to be in the next three. And then I need to be working for the Lord Jesus Christ and have that heavenly purpose 
to live for. Can I say this? If you're lost without Christ, you don't know that if you were to die today that you'd spend eternity with Jesus. This is the exact day to be able to get that settled. Exact day.